You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Uh, hello! Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another wonderful episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. If you're watching on YouTube, minor difficulties as... Uh-oh. Uh, well, Lucian, we were just talking that you're like, I want to rearrange all of my, my room. <laughs> yes. And I like to organize files on my computer. And uh, so one day I was just like, why do I have this here? And I started going through and I reorganized everything. And I love it now because I know where everything is. Uh, but unfortunately, OBS is like, where's this MP3? And I'm like, that's a great question. <laughs> I probably deleted a folder that I didn't think I was using, but I was. So uh, I'll fix that later. But anyway, welcome, everybody, to the Saturday Morning Evening Show. My name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle, and I'm joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Uh, straight up MCDM shirt style yeah. and Half-Life hat style. Half-Life. Uh, I just notices that. Because like, wow. it's Steam, right? Steam sales right. going on. You got to go pick <laughs> up all those games. You know what's not on sale, though? Dark Alliance. It's not, but I bought it. Well, and I okay. it. I'm just saying, you're not. It's <laughs> no. not on sale, so I can't. No, I don't know. It's hard. Mm. Uh, yes, it's <laughs> Williams. Like I can't get that theme music out of my head, so it's okay because that you don't play it because I'll just talk about. I'll it. I'll just know it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, uh, Table One SG with his cool uh, uh, oh, yeah. member logo. That's awesome to see. Um, thanks, guys. This will be a very hostful. Um, which is just no the guests two hosts. like we've no had guests. seems yeah. like every episode <laughs> guests two guests 50 guests all the Which guests is, but uh we have a lot of um yeah we're not web dm show i'm sorry sorry Jancy. yeah that's, that's not us <laughs> uh but anyway so we got lots to talk about it's uh kind of uh, i guess we've just had back-to-back guests so we haven't really had time to talk about news but uh, oh that's awesome yours says jay pruitt on your thing. Oh, does it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it does. On oh, that's my overlay. funny. I didn't change that. Okay. Yep, I didn't change it either. See, in Streamlabs, if you change one, it goes to all your other scenes you make. Yeah. And it changes it. And it wasn't supposed to do that. Yeah, there we go. There <laughs> yeah, we go. yeah. How professional we are. Totally not really <laughs> at all. No professionalism here at all. Well, and, uh, you know, we'll... We'll get into this. Like, I, I was in a stream last night on, uh, I'm in an Eberron game. Oh. And they started the countdown, and I went to Twitch, and I was like, oh, I want to hear, like, the countdown or whatever. And I was listening, and you could hear us talking. And I was oh, like, oh, oh, and I was like, that's a big no-no. Like, oh, no, they can hear us talking. And the guy was just like, of course they can. Like, nobody's really, like, doing anything during a countdown. Like... <laughs> what and i was like oh i guess you're right so like they just listen to everybody banter back and forth during the countdown before the show starts and i was like oh okay i don't know why i never thought of that and he's like you're like the professional side of streaming jordan and i was like oh okay (laughs) nice so um yes didn't recognize me thank you (laughs) uh well okay so yeah we got lots of stuff to talk about um i guess some we'll do this out of order it's gonna be great uh dark alliance is out yeah um i have a uh frustrating relationship with uh buggy games at launch is it um so no uh so i just don't buy games at launch usually because and and boulders gate 3 was the same way although i heard that was pretty stable but that's not even out that's still like early access like you're buying into it yeah yeah um so I don't, I don't even know. But anyway, this one came out, and I was like, yep, it's uh, it's pretty buggy from what I've heard. They'll obviously patch it. That is the current state of affairs with video games. But yeah, somebody dropped something upstairs. But that's oh my okay. God. Somebody's breaking into your house. Run, um, Jordan. But uh, Mr. Lucian, you bought it. You're trying it out. What's going on? What's How's it going? Um, I have a different relationship because I, I guess I've just accepted that games that come out have bugs. And I think that's probably because I was always more of a PC gamer than a console gamer. Uh-huh. And maybe console games, back, like if you grew up and your Nintendo games came out and your PlayStation games came out and those were the things that were your main game thing, you probably had different experience because your games weren't as buggy. But it always seems like PC games have always been that way. They always yeah. get better. They always get patched. And I just like to be 
playing the game and I don't mind if a bug pops up. You also are kind of like a bug detector. Yeah, I guess I've done too, that. So that might bug you also. The last like twelve <laughs> to thirteen years of my life. Yeah, is looking yeah. So for that defects, might that so. might yeah that might phase you a little bit more than others. But I like it. Um, so the, the reviews flashbacks. have been pretty bad, right? So if you go out and you look at reviews, you know they get tanked. But that seems to be the the thing that happens these days is uh-huh. to tank computer games. I kind of like it, but it wasn't the game I thought it was. Oh, what did you think it was going to be? Yeah, yeah. So I thought it was going to be Diablo. Oh, yeah. But no. with a Dungeons and Dragons theme, you know, code on. So it was going to be like Diablo fast, three, kind of you know, like top down, fast paced, okay. loot exploding everywhere, right. over the top powers that you're going to be um, just streaming through loads and loads of monsters, maybe some um, randomly generated levels that mm-hmm. you're going through, and that kind of thing. It's more of a story-based game, and it's definitely more of a, I want to say a Dark Souls-type game where the combat's harder. The bosses, it takes, you don't just kill something in one shot, typically ever. It definitely takes a combo of shots to kill just even just like a little minion-type creature. Right. All the way up to when you're fighting the boss, it's a boss battle, right? You're you're hitting it probably, I don't know, 100 or more times. Before yeah, it's a hack and slash kind of, and yeah. then... And then the combos really come into play when you're playing with like four people or three people. Right. And and you've been doing solo, I assume? Mostly, but I did try online one. And that was when it kind of got a little bit more fun. Um, It's definitely way more challenging as solo. I'm playing Wolfgar. Nice. Um, So his hammer is pretty cool. He does have cool combos and abilities. I think it's visually pretty cool. Yeah, visually I thought it looked great. I do hate that it's a little bit confining like the levels are clearly you can go this path or this path and there's really no it's not open worldy right it doesn't feel like you can go anywhere you have a couple of paths you can choose and there is some choice you can make but you're still kind of railroaded in a little bit over uh, overly maybe Mm -hmm. um because i'm so used to playing games where you can just wander anywhere like if you're playing like a Grand Theft Auto, or you're playing a, a Skyrim, or you're playing a you know um, any of these games now. Now they build a world, and then you go in that world and you go do things. Whereas we've gotten away from the you have a level, and I've built a level, and you're going to go on the level. I don't yeah. Know. So I was a little bit past that, but so for me, it's a pretty good game. I don't know if I would recommend it yet, unless you liked a Dark Souls kind of game, then you might like it. Mm -hmm. If you knew you were going to have two or three people play with you, I might recommend it then. Um, And I didn't really find bugs. I just more, I found like it didn't play. It wasn't the game I thought it was. I didn't run into any bugs at all. Oh, yeah, really? I had a couple friends buy it. They they got it on PlayStation, though, and they said that they had... Like it's it's really buggy. Not unplayable, but I guess buggy for them is like the controls aren't as tight. And I think there were a couple of, I don't know. Yeah, but nothing like crashes, I guess. I haven't heard anything like that. But. Right, right, right. Yeah, it is the timing But just like you're stuff. trying to focus on something and then, and you're like, why is it doing this? Like, that's not yeah. where I wanted it to go, so. Yeah, and I play mouse and keyboard, so I don't know if that matters, because sometimes that may be just the way the mapping of the controllers yeah. can be a little bit different. Yeah. I did like the opening scene was super cool. Um, it sounds like it's got lots of lore in it, so that's one reason you might want to pick it up on a sale. Yeah. Because um, it, it sounds like it dives into that whole area, and you learn a lot more about the Ten Towns and all the other stuff yeah. that's going on. I do there. think it would be fun to play with, like, like you yeah. and uh, Ted and, like, Mr. Rex mm-hmm. or something. Like, the people that really enjoy this kind of lore. The it would lore, be a lot of fun yeah. to just be like, let's go through and just geek out about it. Um yeah, that's on my like someday, uh, which I hey. shouldn't be doing it like now because the game's released. But yeah, I'm just so LB's busy. in chat. Welcome, LB. Hey, LB. She's been streaming quite a bit. Yeah, long time no see. Actually, she's been super busy. Um, yeah, it, it feels like it's a better game if you're not playing it solo for sure. From my point of view, um, it feels because like, when I got it and I just picked up a group of strangers, and they weren't terrible amazingly enough i'm not going to claim that when you go to do it multiplayer, oh were you, the, you, won't get were you terrible the terrible people. one in that right. group no i was pretty quiet they were all like hey let's go this way and let's go that oh, way oh i thought I was you meant like player wise but you're yeah, talking about F- just human being wise <laughs> yeah human being wise yeah very good um, it was interesting because you never know what you're going to get when you you know all of a sudden it's open mic on a game that oh yeah of ran, random yeah. randos 
but it's pretty good. It was fun. Um, the loot system's a little different. So you go through and you find loot that may drop or in chests, but you don't get it right away. You don't get it until you've cleared the level. You go all the way back to your starting base, and then you go to an area there, and then it reveals what loot you got, which is kind of a mechanic I hadn't seen before. Maybe okay. it's in other games, and I wasn't used to it, but it definitely wasn't Diablo. It definitely wasn't um, PoE. Um, Path of the Exile, uh, you know, it wasn't those types of games, but uh, yeah, I've so been having some fun. I was, uh, I was thinking of this because it's remind the way you're talking reminds me of uh, Kingdoms of Amalur. Yes. Um, and that was a fun game, which is very open world, mm -hmm. and is kind of more of what I think you wanted. Like you're the top down, you get to run around. There's still combos and stuff, but. Uh, mm -hmm. And that one is single player only, I think. But gotcha. I had a lot of fun with that one. Uh, our, and R.A. Salvatore wrote the, the world slash script for that game. Yeah, so that so, kind of does yeah. probably feel about right then, yeah. Um, well, that's so, cool. Uh, get it on sale. That would, If okay. you wanted my overall recommendation, put it on one of those sale watches. It gets down to 75% off, 50% off. It's a good pickup at that point. Yeah. And then have some friends ready to go and tell them, hey, when this goes on sale for half off, we'll... We'll all get it, and we'll play for a weekend and have have a good time. Oh, yeah. See, that would be the best. Are you yeah. still playing the um, that D&D &D game, uh, Celasta? I have. It's made me angry so oh. much because <laughs> it is tough, yeah. and I have been playing it. Um, but I don't – I'm stuck in a spot that I'm having trouble with my four wizards getting through. Okay. So my four wizard group may have stumbled into a spot they can't get past, and maybe your, having all four wizards. Where's your fighter work. now, wizard? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Spiders are coming from everywhere. They're hanging off of uh, the sides of things that I can't get line of sight, and it just That's, really bugs me. And, yeah, bug, uh, but they're erected, so I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're supposed to be there. So yeah, <laughs> I do want to go back to um, Baldur's Gate three pretty soon because they've had a lot of updates recently, and I want to yeah. try the Druid out. So that's kind of on my list of things to do is yeah. get back over to Baldur's Gate and do a, the Druid run. So yes, I'm a huge dork, and Jordan's probably a dork too. So ah uh, yeah, I'm I'm up there with uh, geekdom and stuff. Um. This slipped under my radar, but uh, Ghosts of Saltmarsh, which is a book, an adventure that we really liked, um, yeah. there it's getting that same board game treatment that Tomb of Annihilation got, and uh, Legend. It's like the Legend of Dritz. They're behind me. Um, you can't see them in camera though. Um, where they're the uh, the tile placing like DMless ex oh, exploration yeah. games. Wrath of a Shardalon was another one. They did a Castle Ravenloft. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was just like, I, I, what? When is this happening? And it's September 30th, roughly, but it just says Ghosts of Saltmarsh, the board game. Uh, and I don't know if this is official art or not, but uh, I was, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be like the Tomb of Annihilation board game or the Temple is of Elemental the same Evil company? board game. Is it Wizards of the Coast or it's is it they license it? WizKids. WizKids uh, Wizards oh, yeah. licensed it to WizKids. So, yeah. uh, but uh, I... I was buying those originally just for the minis. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, because uh, oh, it's not working. I wanna I wanna paste that in. There we go. Um, I was buying them originally for the minis because they are the same minis that you get, but you get a complete set. They're just not they're just not painted. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was like how I was getting minis earlier. And I think I've only, I've played the legend of Dritz game like twice and they're fun, but really I was just buying them because I was like, Oh, they're minis and they're, they're cool and whatever. Uh, and then no, well I won the Dritz game in a contest and then mm. I, uh, won or, and then I bought the castle Ravenloft one. And I, I don't think I bought any more after that. Uh, but they made a PC version of the game of the tomb of annihilation game. And it's the exact same board game, but they made a, a PC version of it on steam, um, which I also have not played, but I think I own, which is that's the pile of shame steam library that they talked about. Yeah. Sometime. Yeah. We well, always buy games. You don't play my, my steam library is huge, but I didn't uh, play that one. Legend of Dritz and castle Ravenloft and well, maybe not wrath of Shardalon, but those all have like very dungeony places to go through. Like you're in the underdark you're or you're in a uh, tomb of annihilation. You're in the tomb and, and I was like, there wasn't really a 
mini line that came out for uh, uh, Ghost of Saltmarsh, I think. Right. I don't because th- it wasn't heavy on that kind of miniature uh, push at the time. So uh, I wonder if they're creating new minis for it, and it would be cool to pick up some Sahagwin um, and various other things. But uh, yeah, I don't know. So we'll see. Um, Maybe some boats. Yeah, Brain Cell asked if I played any and all of them any all the way through. Um, and it is, it, it's like a, you know, I'm playing Gloomhaven right now and, and Gloomhaven feels very similar in that you're like, it's, there's not an exploration aspect, but there's like a set up a grid and fight. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's a DM list system. So, but ultimately one person has to keep track of the hit points of the monsters and stuff. So there is kind of a DM, even though you're playing, uh, and then the monsters are on like an AI path that you have to determine who is it most likely to hit. Uh, and that is very similar to these, uh, these, these, uh, I wish they had a name. I've been itching but. to play legendary again. Um, and I just reread the rules again because there's a single player way to play it. So I've been oh, thinking yeah. about trying to set up like a camera for the board, a camera for me, and then maybe like a camera that goes on the hand or like the hand of cards you have or something. And then maybe do like a stream of playing it. I think it'd be pretty fun. Or it'd be kind of cool to do a board game over a zoom somehow where there's, cameras are showing all of the relevant pieces yeah and you know the person who's there is moving things the way people want them to move it but you're still playing a board game even if you're through zoom and you're you know you don't necessarily have five people to come over to your house and hang out yeah well post covid or gloomhaven came out with an app that if i if i have the app and you have the app on your phone we Mm -hmm. can connect one of us can host a server and the other one can connect to that so then yeah. when you make changes to hit points on monsters, I see it. And when I make changes, you see it. And then on top of that, uh, all you would need is like a camera to show the map and then you could move yourself around. And so, cause I guess a lot of people were playing over the internet with that Gloomhaven. is super cool. So, I didn't know they did that. Yeah. I know there's like a tabletop simulator out there too, but that'd be kind of a cool way to do it. It's really, it was really app. cool at the table, just at the table. Like we had the yeah. app open and then I had my monitor broadcasting it so that, everyone at the table could see the hit points and know whose turn it was and stuff like that. It was really nice. It sped up play a lot. I'm ready to play Gloomhaven, man. Let's do this. (laughs) I'll go get the app. (laughs) Um, Wizards of the Coast is having their D&D celebration. Did Uh, you sign up for um, anything in this? I have not, no. Uh, But I wanted to talk about it uh, because I was, well, we were talking about it in the Discord quite a bit. Yes. Um, but if you go to dndcelebration.com slash welcome, um, they're doing uh, a Dungeon Master Challenge. And I'm reading it right now again, so I don't miss anything. But, uh, the okay, the window is closed for submissions, so I apologize. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but what was happening is they had a uh, build a trap kind of contest and so you could you could build a trap for Dungeons and Dragons uh for the system 5e and then submit it and it's funny because it's like the dungeon master challenge but it's really more of like the creative uh uh what is the word um like adventure writing challenge is really what I think it should have been more of a creative yeah um, and not that being a dungeon master isn't creative (laughs) but when they're toting it like who's the best dungeon master. I'm like, well, that's a really weird thing because it's, is it the one who knows all the rules? Is it the one who uh, takes a pre-written adventure and makes it wonderful? Is it somebody who writes their own stuff? Is it somebody, somebody who, who does monsters? all the voices? Like, Jordan, so. we, we know this. It's somebody who does all the voices. <laughs> voices are so it's a, voice uh, actors. Yeah. Voices are best a dungeon thing. masters. Um, so, but the, so the catch of this is that when you submit any of the creative things you're writing for this, the subclause in the contract that you sign is that Wizards owns all of it now. And they uh, can yeah. use it for whatever they want. And so they can submit it to, they can uh, put it in future books. They can do all this other mm-hmm. stuff. Like if you included a piece of art, they now own that art. They can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it just felt a little odd. And I forget who, but somebody in our Discord was like, that's really common in the art community where it's like, hey, we're going to have a contest everybody submit like a really awesome painting and then the fine print is like we and we now own the rights to all of that because it's through a contest and it's like i don't know how i feel about that so i was going to dive into this because the idea of 
being one, sorry, so then they're going to whittle it down to top 10 finalists, and those 10 finalists during the D&D Live event in July are going to do weekly challenges, kind of like a uh, reality TV show, and they're going to have these D&D challenges, and to be one of those top 10 people, I was like, oh, that would be great for, like, the channel and the podcast and all this other stuff, like, get your name out there, but everything you create, uh, they own, and the prize is a trophy and $2,000 worth of merchandise, not even money. So you just get merchandise probably to books you already own. Because let's be honest, you're into Dungeons and Dragons. You probably have already have it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I, 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 don't like, I don't like this idea. Or I don't like, I feel like we're using people. So we'll see. But Okay. So you're not, against this one. I, I don't like it, no. And I don't, I, I would like it more if it had a, uh, had like a $5,000 prize. And it was just, here's a money prize. And uh, you also get to write an adventure for Dragon Plus. Mm-hmm. So that you have something like published, you know. And Wizards can still own all of that if that's really what they want to do. But like, I don't know. It's just like, it seems a lot of, a lot of jumping through stuff to make, you're just helping them and they're not helping you. I was like, it should be give and take, you know. I don't know. So mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. That's Lots how I feel. I've got opinions there. on things. Lots so. of opinions there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how I'd want to even try. Like, if you were going to say, like, I always think of the, I don't know what the, the full adage is, but the idea of don't criticize something if you don't have ideas to help fix it, you know, just in general yeah. in this case. Yeah. So, like, if I'm going to say I don't like this thing, but here's some things that maybe I, I would like. I don't even know what I would say to say, how would you do a Dungeon Master challenge? Anyways, let's say you're at Gen Con and you just come up with the idea. Let's let's hold a contest, uh, a ladder match of Dungeon Masters that can sign up and they could battle to the death until there's only one. You know, what would that real competition yeah. even look like if you tried to, to figure out who's the best Dungeon Master? How well, they said that they're going to have a, a series of weekly challenges. Yeah. And this is so subjective, so it has to be right. a, a panel of judges. And then at that point, it's like anything where you're trying to impress the judges. But but I'm thinking of, uh, I didn't get into a lot of reality shows, but the one that I really liked was this stage, not stage, but this, uh, it was on Sci-Fi Channel a long time ago, and it was about um, makeup, like doing horror makeup and makeup oh, yeah. for movies and stuff. Yeah. And that was really cool, but it was also so subjective. Very subjective. Everybody, they would make these really awesome things. Like they turned one lady into a frog, and they put like a little pouch on her neck that she could inflate with her mouth, so that her frog mm-hmm. neck would like expand. And it's all really cool. But and then they were like makeup professionals in the industry. But it is still kind of like, well, I just liked how this one worked more. This gimmick was more attractive than the actual like whatever that this person put in so right it's going to be the same thing and who's coming up with these challenges and things like that uh the the cool thing though that i thought is that the remaining three once they're whittled down um the final challenge will be to design a uh it looks like a whole like one shot and then you run people through it at this uh dnd celebration in september and that seemed really cool. Like I would like to be on Twitch running a game for uh, probably celebrities. Let's be honest. Cause who are they going to get sure. to play in that game? So <laughs> you're going to have your Deborah Ann Wolves be your player and your uh, she's Mike Krimulich and things like that. So, you know, like I think that would be a lot of fun just to impress people and, and be like, Oh, this guy's really cool. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know how you do a Dungeon Master contest. Um, I probably agree, too. They're probably not doing it very well here, but um, I don't know how you would do it. It's so crazy because it is so subjective. And, like, who's been your favorite Dungeon Master? And even if I played in all those same games that you played in, my my Dungeon Master favorite might have been one of the other people that ran a yeah. game for us, right? It just and it's just or like, like you when said, I subjective. play D D, I like this, and he didn't do this, even yeah. though there's four other people that like the other thing that that you know. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like me and you, like James. He he dungeon mastered, game mastered games for us. Yeah, I like his style, but not everybody might not like his mm-hmm. style, right? You know, because he's a little bit over the top. He's a little bit more comedy added in, a little bit more crazy. 
some people might want their Dungeons and Dragons yeah. a little different than that or their whatever game they happen to be playing. So And to have random players like that, that's got to be hard because you can't just yeah. be like, okay, guys, we're going to have a real serious Ravenloft game. Like, mm-hmm. no jokes. No And then no all of a sudden references. it's like, oh, yeah. The first time it know. talks about sparkling skin, you're out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's that. I don't know. I'm going to watch it, obviously. I'm cu- I'm sure. very curious about all of this. And I'm not trying to, like, uh, say, like, oh, Wizards of the Coast is the worst company. Like, it's lawyers. Lawyers do this because they want the advantage. Uh, but it, it feels a little like taking advantage of people, and I don't like that. So mm-hmm. um, jumping away from our beloved Wizards of the Coast, we're going to go over to Goodman Games to talk about a little Kickstarter called... The Dying Earth. The Dying Earth. Um, Vancean Dying Earth. The Vance, Jack Vance, <laughs> the man himself, who invented Vancean magic in his basement. Um, we... Jordan I, I, has kickstarted this. He's I've already kickstarted the, it, yeah. It's very exciting. Um, it's, uh, at, it's super Within exciting. 10 minutes, I think, it went. So... This is another box set, and I think it's a hundred dollars to get the box set and the adventures that they're including. So you're you're buying like three or four adventures, and then how to play in the Dying Earth with new spells and stuff. But they're advertising a whole bunch of new, uh, not spells, but like spell mechanics and how magic should work and stuff. And I'm just really curious because it'll be a lot like the Lankmar box set, I think, where there's lots of things you can take to apply to any of your DC game, DCC games, if you're really interested in. So, uh, this one's been hyped streams. up a lot. So yeah, yeah they've <laughs> I, had a lot I think of it's been like a year. Like they've been like, okay, we're going to do this. And so, uh, it's finally kickstarted and it won't finish until, uh, like September of next year, I think is when they're scheduled. Yeah. September, 2020, uh, 2022. Sorry. Yeah. Um, might be earlier, but I think this is one that they're taking their time with and they're going to, uh, really um play test and all this other stuff uh they got a little like flack for their empire of the east book which was a fine book but it felt kind of like ah we will just this is our little kickstarter in between to keep content going mm-hmm. and now it's like okay now you have dying earth going on so but got it. and it's dcc day i forgot to tell everybody uh mm. so happy dcc day i which is uh their once a year in june or yeah i think it's always in june they're trying to uh get a Saturday in June to be DCC day to go play games. And I was really upset because you can go to Goodman games website and check to see who Mm -hmm. registered. None of my, uh, (laughs) local game stores registered. I checked this morning and, uh, my game store is registered and I'm like, what? So I think they like ninja did it over the night. Uh. I've been pestering them and I've been like sending them messages and emails and I'm like, I'll run games for you, but they never replied. And now I'm like, what? So I'm going to have to swing over to uh, Phoenix Fire Games and pick up some Dungeon Classics merchandise. Very cool. They have, uh, their Twitch site has been pretty active. So you can go over and you can check out, you know, if you want to find out more info about the stuff they've been working on. Because they've been talking about mechanics. They've been talking about art. They've been talking about, you know, direction of story and all that kinds of stuff. Bringing on, you know, different people to talk about it. So if you're interested and you haven't already you know, kickstarted, you want a little more info, I would go check out their Twitch channel. Yeah. They no, got a they've, bunch been, of they've been doing podcasts and how to plays and uh, yeah. especially during DCC day, like right yeah. now is probably, that's probably what you're referring to. I'm sorry, Lucian, but yeah, yeah. No, yeah, there's probably a lot going on. They're doing right a now. lot so right now. Yeah, Last night they had a bunch of streams on like how to play, what makes the game different. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been cool. So yeah, yeah go check it Good out. Uh, and that's twitch.tv slash Goodman games, I think is the, the one. Cause that's the publisher. Yeah, I think, uh, yep. Seems to make sense. Uh, do you know more about this than I do? Critical Role's new mini campaign? What's going on there? Yeah, I watched it on Thursday. Started on Thursday. Um, so I, I watched the first part of it. I got to watch the second part. The characters were just getting introduced is pretty much the part I um, watched. And I, you can tell that I think this group's going to be pretty funny and it's going to be pretty good. They're 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 getting their sea legs under them, kind Matt of. Matt you know, a player, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's a player. He's a dwarven, drunk dwarven <laughs> guy. Awesome. I forget all the classes at the moment, but it's got a lot of cool, enough extra people to bring in a different group dynamic. But they also are funny, and they're all voice actors. Also, 
Um, they come from the voice acting industry and they've been friends for many years. Um, and I think that's cool. And you get to see a little bit of a Bria's uh, DM style, which was fun. Um, People are just excited kind of, for her. I think, and I, I feel yeah. bad. I didn't know. I didn't really know who she was. But like yeah. uh, Matt was like, oh, I'm, I said read in some interview that he's like, I was very impressed with her DMing style. And I was like, I feel like I've lived under a rock. Like I'm really I feel bad. But yeah. uh, I'm excited that everyone's excited for her because uh, it's kind of. That could have gone really bad. Like all the fans could have been like, "What? No, Matt DMing. Right. I'm angry," you know. But they didn't. They really latched on. Like, "Oh, this will be cool," especially in his world for her to yeah. DM. So yeah. So I'm interested to see get past the kind of character introductions. I still got to watch the end of it and then see where it really goes in the next seven episodes. I was a little sad that it was a mini campaign. I was hoping it was like a full on. We're going to get a real deep dive into these characters. Well, I think but usually an eight session campaign. You're not going to get too far. You might yeah. get one level up. Maybe. I maybe think a not full even level campaign up. is for, well, a full campaign or a longer campaign for a uh, critical role is years. Yeah. And so when they say shorter, do they mean just like the summer? Like, is it going to... They said eight... It's oh, just eight, eight weeks? episode miniseries. Eight episodes, okay. Eight, yeah, yeah. Okay. eight miniseries. So that was... And that's what I thought. And they're a company that's built now on being a Dungeon and Dragon play game, right? That's the whole yeah. Critical Role company at this point. Yes, they have merchandise. And yes, they've got a board game out, Ukatoa. And they've got, you know, other stuff going on. But it feels like they have room that they could run maybe two games that have separate casts or different casts. And they could really, if they're going to be a company of, we run Dungeons and Dragons as a, or, or whatever games we run tabletop RPGs as our, our mode of business now yeah. for entertainment. I feel like they could have one more in there and it'd be super fun, but I'm excited. Um, it, it seemed pretty good so far. I liked it. And then I'm excited to see where it goes. I'll probably watch next Thursday too just to catch up on. I always like a new campaign. I don't know what it is about the beginnings of campaigns. <laughs> They're always my favorite part, you know, sticking with them is definitely tough. I'm one of those people that has a hard time sticking with them long-term, but I love the beginnings or the very end. Did you watch like the wrap up show that they did with uh, critical role where they went and talked about the whole, you know, the I whole didn't, season. No. The last that I was saw really is they fun. were doing the mighty nine versus Vox Machina. Yeah, yeah. So it was the show after that one. Okay. And then they just they just did a big wrap-up show where the players got to ask, hey, what was this thing that we did? Or, hey, we missed this thing. Was that ever anything that it was supposed to be? When did we throw a huge wrench into your thing? Do you know Matt Colville was going to be on that as a main story arc? On, and as a uh, villain in oh, Critical Role? Really? Him and, Matt, him and Matt had been devising, bringing in Colville as a villain that was going to be in the show for a huge arc, but the players ended up going somewhere else, oh. took a different branch and had no idea. <laughs> and eventually Matt had to tell the other Matt, Hey man, it didn't work. And, and Covell's like, Hey, that's, sometimes, that's, that's how it happens sometimes. Like, <laughs> that's D D. They totally went a different direction and he never got to bring that super villain in, which I thought was really funny. That's really cool. <clears throat> so if you haven't gone back and watched that, that's the kind of stuff you can learn about a campaign. Oh, yeah. And as Dungeon Masters, I love understanding where things were from Matt's point of view that he had planned out versus what he made up on the fly mm. versus how he handled different things. When they have those kinds of discussions, I was I was I watched the whole thing. Well, that's I this whole like, show, this so at least in the cool. beginning. We were doing that because yeah. that was the whole point of Saturday morning D&D show was like, yeah, yeah, no, I had all of this planned. And then they decided to go south. And you're like, what? So yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I want to get back to that. So it's given me the itch to get back to I'm ready to run a game. Probably the other reason is we haven't got there yet, but I haven't got to play in two weeks. But we'll talk about that when we get to it. Um, so now I'm getting an itch about one thing. And I was thinking I needed some help from our, our audience here, our, our raving fans. <laughs> if they went back. And they gave me their top 10 bardic inspirations that we did on this show. Because oh, we, we had a kept lot the of really cool bardic inspirations. Like, the one that still stands out in my head is the the cliff. When we talked about the world ends in the yeah. cliff. I was like, man, that's on the top of my list. That one was so fun to think about. And it was good. But I want to hear everybody else's. What were your top 10 bardic inspirations that you heard on the show that we have talked about 
because I want to pick from that, and I think that's what I want to run my next campaign is based on one of those yeah, I, inspirations. I liked that cliff so much, I was trying to work it into Endegar. Yes, uh, it, it. just But it just wasn't, I was like, no, because then how would the ocean work? And I was trying to like do this, and I'm like, right. Jordan, you're trying to put a, a square peg in a round hole. Like, if you want a cliff game, just make a cliff Build a world. cliff game. Like, yeah, it doesn't yeah, have to yeah. be pushed into whatever you're doing, but... <clears throat> No, yeah, that, that's kind it. of a good idea. Yeah, I I, I remember really liking that one. Uh, there was, <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah. We should write. You should write some. So I'll take Jordan's. You you put your top ten in too, Jordan. Whatever you know your what? top ten. We should take those now that I'm thinking about it, and we should make. Uh, I was like, we should do a Kickstarter book of like here's a hundred and one like inspirations or something. Uh, but not even that. Like I don't want to make a book, but we should make a, a PDF that we could just put out. That would be yeah, that'd fun. be fun. And then that'd people cool. could be like, oh hey, here's the. 2020 or the 2019 bardic inspiration list and write up a little like this is kind of how we thought it would work uh boy i wish i had more time but maybe we could figure out how to do that yeah yeah and at some point we probably should bring it back again we've done we we kind of let it go for a little bit just because you you're you're putting out idea after idea after idea after a week and so you kind of feel like you know you're stretching or you're reaching but if you give yourself a nice break let your brain, you know, percolate some ideas and then yeah. you get to come back a month or two or six months later. All of a sudden you could do, we could start our Bardic Inspirations up again and be pretty fun, I think. But uh, I think we had some really good ideas in there that if we just dived into them, they'd be really cool. So. Yeah. So that was for the audience out there. Let me know your your top 10 Bardic Inspirations from previous shows. I'm going to go back and try to find those spots in the in our show so it's going to be like a huge endeavor <laughs> well and i think you should you should read through our old notes too because like, yeah we were pretty good about writing them in there we just always went on weird tangents afterwards but i bet if you right. read the headline you'll be like oh yeah i remember <laughs> so. that let me go watch that mm-hmm. episode on youtube that'd be really good very cool maybe i wonder if i could clip it all together too at some point that might be a bunch but i don't know <laughs> like you said i wish i wasn't as busy as i am but yeah. um that was the thing. So, uh, no, that's really cool. I like it. Um, I'm glad that you're getting the creative DMing mm-hmm. itch. It's kind of fun to, and like you said, I like starting new campaigns too because it seems I like there's just you can go anywhere, kind of a thing. And so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's really good. Um, uh, not I put Wizards of the Coast because I originally thought this was a, a Wizards of the Coast product, but WizKids has licensed Dungeons and Dragons to create a board game called Dungeon Scrawlers. Uh, and this, it looks really cute. It's kind of like D&D for kids, which I thought we already did with a something, a different company or something. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Heroes of Undermountain. And the whole game is you're a hero and you kind of like go through predefined mazes and you have to get artifact fragments and collect victory points by attacking bosses and stuff, uh, various monsters. Um, it looks really cute. Uh, you draw cards and then you play the game. Uh, it says two to four players, uh, increasingly challenging mazes, and it should come out this October. And not that I'm looking for games to get kids into D&D, uh, because like my nephews, they're either going to be into it or they're not kind of at this point. Like I can just, right. here's full D&D. You can play this. <laughs> uh, but I really think think this is fun like mm-hmm. and it harkens back to the osr where it was just like why are we even here i don't know it's a dungeon you explore yeah. it like that's Hero what you're supposed quest. to do yeah open <laughs> so, the chest get to gold. yeah you to go get gold and i and i like that that's what this is because uh there is a there is fun in just exploration and seeing what's behind mm-hmm. the door and um and i think we've talked about this with some people they really didn't like uh, Dungeon of the Mad Mage because they're like, well, there's no story to tie me to it. And there's nothing like this and da, da, da. And I love you talking about the campaign because you guys made your own story, which was straight up like I, you're hired to go explore this and you're having mm-hmm. a blast, you know, yeah. like it's like what is in this crazy dungeon? And mm-hmm. uh, I, that's a whole aspect of D&D that, critical role and a lot of other podcasts don't touch on because i don't think it makes for interesting content to watch obviously sure yeah, um, but when you're play. at the table that whole like what's behind this door and the maps getting drawn out as you're playing and things like that <laughs> uh i you know dungeon dungeon delving can be a lot of fun 
Um, yeah. And so yeah. I like that uh, they have basically a little game that kind of highlights the fun of dungeon delving. So <laughs> kind of exciting. Yep, it was very cool. Um, Again, you, you've shown us a bunch of board games. I'm, I'm seeing that Jordan has a board game kick going on right now. I, what yeah. I'm, what I'm seeing. <laughs> uh, oh, and I, I didn't even mention this, but I bought... Um, so Kids on Brooms, Renegade Games, who made Kids on Brooms, which is the Kids on Bikes Harry Potter experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came out with a quick card game called Spell Duel. Oh. And so it's just... I haven't played it yet, but it came in the mail. Uh, but it's a... It's an, really easy game of kind of like counters and stuff and it's it's mm-hmm. mostly luck i think but if you are playing kids on brooms and two of your players want to duel then you can bring out this card game and they can do that and i thought that was really fun so it's a separate game by itself for two mm-hmm. players but you could also utilize it as a, a function within the rpg and i was thinking about have you have you seen that? Like, we need more, uh, not mini. Well, I guess it is a mini game, but like, how many RPGs mm-hmm. have those little mini games like that? That's kind of fun. Aside yeah, from like Liar's Dice or something, but I don't right, know. right. I, w- I was thinking that because there was a big, um, I saw a big Twitter thread go around this last week about, um, and, it, and it comes up quite often where the criticism against a Dungeons and Dragons is it's good at combat, but it's not really good at the other two pillars of a role-playing game. And the, the agreed upon pillars of a role-playing game are exploration, combat, and social interaction, right? Yeah. So those are the, what we all think of as being the pillars. And when you're trying to compare one game to another, you're saying what you like about another, you might say that this one has a better mechanic for handling this thing or that thing. And, but, and D and D always been, well, they've got great, combat mechanics but they don't have anything that supports the exploration pillar or doesn't really have anything to to do the social pillar and i thought man what it's it's such a catch-22 in some ways because there's not a lot of social gaming mechanics out there there's a few games that deal with building social mechanics but it's not like you have fifteen thousand board games that all have to do with people designing social mechanics that work to pick from you know it's not like exploration games have are such a wide variety of mechanics that people have come up with that it should be easy to build exploration but there is a ton of combat things that you can do and pull from other games that have to deal with combat so it's really weird when you get that criticism because you're like well how can you socialize you know, how do you gamify a social conversation between an NPC? So you're walking up, you're you're brand new to the village, there's your party, and you want to talk to the farmer. How do you gamify that? How do you give people abilities that are going to do something? And how do you have that more interactive than just one person talking to another person? Whereas combat's always your whole group against whatever's out there. So they're all involved. But that's not necessarily true when you're doing a social encounter. It might not necessarily be true when you're doing an exploration encounter because usually you have one person that's the guide or is the woodsy person or is the person that's going to help you survive in this environment but the party is just following that person they're not doing anything to interact with that so i thought you know it is true that there's not a lot there but what else could there be i mean it's not like there's you know monopoly yeah i mean you look at board games they've made economics fun so you could do that i've seen (laughs) combat made fun you could do that but you don't see like everybody buying, you know, the latest, greatest exploration board game out there or you don't see, yeah. them, you know, I guess uh, I'm, I'm thinking of like there are those hex crawl games or or things yeah. like that. Uh, specifically, there was like a Jurassic Park game that was kind of like that. And actually, Kids on Bikes came out with a board game. Renegade Studios made that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that is like a looking around town for the monster with miniatures. Um, but I don't know. When I think of social things, I think of like Monster of the Week. Where I'm just like, that was a really good game about social conversations and you got benefits to push the story forward. Uh, And everything that you did was kind of like uh, to to help the story along. Um, And specifically, I always go back to your character because it was so silly that that's even like a desirable class. But it was because you're like, I'm going to roll to like stumble upon something. And then you would push the story forward with that. It was really cool. Um, but D&D has turned uh, social stuff and uh, exploration stuff into skill checks. 
Make a survival right. check. Make a persuasion check. Make an intimidation check. And that's how that game wants to deal with it. So yeah, I don't know exactly how to put it back in. Thinking about mm -hmm. uh, Lex's a Zag game, he did mm -hmm. create that social structure of uh, betting like points on a dice pool and then trying to see who actually wins the social encounter. And you, mm. you as Lucian, if we were playing together, I could bet like so many with my uh, bribe and then you could come in and be like, by the way, I'm going to threaten you. And then that ante helps that. So it was kind of an interesting idea. I don't know if there's really an answer though. And I don't yeah. think there's some perfect game out there that has a balance of all three. But. And I think you can find a few mechanics that are great. And I think like Lex is definitely exploring those and putting those out there, mm -hmm. but it's like the pond of, if, if I, I tried to do an analogy on Twitter, which was if you're pulling great ideas out of a, a, a water, and we're going to equate it to some type of water. When you're pulling out an idea for a new combat thing, you have a whole ocean to choose from, and you're just pulling. We right. could do this thing with plus the swords, and we're not roll reinventing these dice the wheel. And, There's like yeah. lots of wheels. But when you try to do social, it's like you're trying to pull out mechanics from like a small pond. Yeah. You don't have a big thing to pull from, or we just haven't discovered it or gotten creative enough. And maybe that's what it is. But I, I was trying to think of. Maybe you roll for disposition. Maybe you roll for house. Maybe you have abilities that help you with how a person perceives you. And maybe there's more part of a Dungeons and Dragons game that needs to be there where you decide how people perceive the party and how that's manipulated. And even though their actions, do they get the desired results or do they get the opposite effect? Or do you know, if you come in and you're just like, hey, we're big bad heroes and you just do what we tell you which is all every party i've ran with treats npcs that way right they just like give us the info no i'm not going to give you the info they pull their swords out you know that's just they just start threatening they go right to the that's the social interaction right they don't really view them necessarily as people because they're in a game they need that piece of information to go beat the bad guy and they don't want to deal with the farmer who has that piece of information. Yeah. And I wonder if there's a game mechanic that could make that more fun and get the players more involved so they're not just bullies, yeah. murder hobos. I think you would have to gamify it. And just the yeah. way you're talking, and because I've been playing Gloomhaven, um, there's a reputation in Gloomhaven. So the more we do this, our reputation gets higher for this group but lower for the other group. And so if you gamify it and put a number on it, and then when your players are like, I want to beat this guy up for the money, and it's like, okay, or the information. And it's like, okay, you might be able to get the information, but the act of doing that, your reputation's going to go down. And then yeah. a DM could look at that number and be like, okay, these NPCs straight up won't talk to you anymore because of yeah. your reputation number. And I don't know, that, but that's a cool thing. That's, that's a lot more tracking and we've always talked about sure. D&D, &D, or we've talked about RPGs in general, that the the more we try to, like, codify everything, it's just like, this is so much to track now, so. Yeah, yeah. So that was the big thing. I saw it going around because I saw Coville was looking at ways to make exploration um, useful. How would you have abilities that help you? How would you earn experience? How would yeah. you make that part of the game that it hasn't been a part of the game? And that's the same problem. I chose the social one because I felt like it was a better ex example to, to display the problem, but exploration has the same thing. It's the same kind of problem of you can come up with a few. One is skill checks. One might be some other game, but what could you put a mini card game in that deals with exploration? Could you put a mini dice game in? Mm -hmm. Could you build a bunch of abilities where, you know, if you look at your character class of a, of a Dungeons and Dragons character class, you have about on average 16 abilities that you're going to get from level one to 20. Right, because a few of those are going to be ability increases to numbers. They're not really um, a powers or things you can do. But on average, you might get anywhere from ten to sixteen new abilities that you can do things. None of those are I can explore better or I can social better mm -hmm. for the most part. Some of them are, but not not very many. Most of them are combat. So I thought it was interesting to take a look at that. Yeah, that's a good conversation because you know that Drow game that I want to run. Like right. all of the Drow houses that would be cool to be like your reputation with the houses are this, mm -hmm. but the more you are in favor of this house, these ones are going to come after you. And so it's this weird, like they have to decide 
what kind of where do you want to be in the world you know and yeah uh yeah. i don't know that's really cool lb had mentioned uh, whatever happened to teens in space she's keeping an eye out oh for that yeah one. we gotta have a teens in space game sorry that's yeah, right that's, <laughs> that's 2019 gen con jordan's problem i'm sorry <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> yep so she's pretty active in chat and, and i agree too she ran a great game of the monsters of the week that was a fun which was game, fun yeah. and it was mostly a social game for yep. us we did very little combat really and had it was investigation and it combat was social was to propel was the story like, and that's yeah. another thing I want to say is it was always like, I'm going to do this attack roll to like get the monster out of the way to save my good friend who's delivering yeah. Amazon boxes. So, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I just thought it was an interesting conversation that was going on on Twitter. Sometimes you get good conversations in Twitter where he really makes you think. And then, you know, you get the other types where everybody's in an uproar and mad and all that. So I, I try to just focus on the ones where it makes me think about oh yeah i wonder how i would do that differently what, what, those ones yeah. that make me think really um a little bit deeper you know that's cool uh well i guess i just want to sum up what, what did you do in games lucian what's going on well <laughs> two weeks ago and we would have talked about it back then but we have we had awesome guests that talked about their kickstarter their super successful kickstarter friends of the show yeah. web dm um we started playing and then Australia was having uh, some type of internet problem and the internet dropped out about maybe half hour. Somebody unplugged the, the cord that goes into right. the ocean Somebody to the rest of the it. world. <laughs> Somebody kicked it. So we ended our game only having played maybe 20 or 30 minutes, maybe an hour. Then the next week we had two people that couldn't make it. So we have gone two weeks without being able to play. And we've been playing every single week, like clockwork. Mm -hmm. It feels crazy when you get a two week gap after you've been doing something every single week. Right. So it's, it feels like I'm missing it. Like it's gone. We haven't been able to play. Um, I want to get back down into the mad mage, man. I want to get back. I want to get to that next level. Yeah. I want to see where we're going with this. Um, it was, we left off on, it was funny cause we went down to one level seven that didn't give our party hardly any trouble at all. And we went back to six because we skipped it. We found a different way that let us down further. And six was kicking our butt way more than seven was. So it was fun to see how our party's susceptible to certain things. And on six, it had those things in spades. And on seven, it didn't. So like we had a cakewalk here and we're having a challenge here, whereas you would have think it might be different for your group if you go through it, because whatever gives your group a challenge you might not run into that until whatever level it could be five. It could be seven, mm -hmm. it could be six to where you finally stumble on it. So I'm super interested to see where it goes. I've got a new um, story mechanic. I know none of the guys that are in the game uh, watch our Saturday morning show. They always tease me about it. Um, so I can, I can give a spoiler, but I've been talking to my dungeon master about, we've been uh, playing with the um, sidekick rules, playing oh, yeah, them yeah. out. I've got an expert. That's been going really cool. We we found a Kenku who was a statue. We found a way to transform the statue back into a normal person because it wasn't just a statue. It was actually somebody who had been turned to stone. It was a Kenku. And I said, hey, wouldn't it be really cool if I offered to um, pay this Kenku to keep going with us down in this dungeon and we could play around with the sidekick rules at the same time we were doing it. And, and our dungeon master's like, yeah, that'd be perfect. So he's been with us for all Bob, but B A U B for Bobble. Bob is our Ken Koo who's going around. He's an expert and you know, he fires his bow and he does some cool abilities and he's really fun to play as a sidekick. And he's become really part of the party. And I thought, okay, that's pretty cool. We've explored that. I was like, okay, now I want to try something different. And I said, I don't know if you'd let me do this or not, but we're high enough level could I pay enough gold that I've been saving up? Could I use all my downtime to acquire a trained pet, a monstrous kind of pet, not like a normal kind of pet, mm -hmm. but like a monstrous kind of pet to play around with the idea of having an animal companion kind of thing. And, uh, and then maybe Bob goes off and deals with the rest of his world. And then we'll, that way I don't have too many things that he has to worry about in the game. I'll just switch one out and bring another one in. And so the thing he's kind of loosely agreed to is I'm going to spend money and time downtime wise trying to acquire a displacer beast. 
nice. as a companion. Yeah. Because it's something I've always wanted in a game. Always. Like, since I was a kid and I saw them, the, the drawings of them in the old monster manuals and stuff. And I always thought this is the coolest creature ever. Um, so we're going to work on that and I'm going to spend a bunch of money to try to acquire a trained displacer beast. I think that's going to be cool. Well, I'm a little sad that you're not bringing up that, uh, I ran a really cool old school essentials game for you. Um, what, what, Oh, that's, yeah, I didn't remember that. Game. Oh it was, man. It was so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> No, so, it was good. It was fun. It was fun. We bought. I bought a. Um, I I bought a the old school essentials, uh, advanced yes. fantasy, and I want to review it on the Jocular Junction channel. Uh, but I figured I should probably play it. So I got Lucian and uh, my friend Steve and my friend Katie and Lex, and we all ran through this game, and that was fun. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I really like old school essentials, and I was watching Sly Flourish, and he was not. He's like he openly was just like, I'm not an OSR guy. Like I like fifth edition D and D I like third edition D and D and things like that. Mm -hmm. And he's very, uh, his brand is very revolved around that, but he did, he get this, he got the book and he's like, this is the best laid out book. Like it's so good. <laughs> and he's like, and it looks cool. And you put it on your shelf and he's mm -hmm. like, I want to, you should buy this. And, yeah. and, and he was going on and on about it. And I was just like, no, it is really cool. So he, he was <laughs> saying like in 10 years, I'll still have this. And if I want to play uh, like old D and D, I can just pick this up and play it. It's kind of fun. So that was cool. I was impressed. I know this is your segment. You're no, talking you're about fine. stuff you did. I was super impressed how fun the acrobat was mm -hmm. an old style classic that I never probably would have played as a teenager or a kid. I never would have dawned on me that being an acrobat would be fun or cool. I wanted to be the, the knight with the sword. Yeah. I want to throw big magic. But you were like whatever. running and getting bonuses by running and but, jumping and stuff. Yeah, that was really it cool. It was yeah. really cool to play it. So I was I was super impressed. I enjoyed it. But what did you think on your side of it as far as what you liked, what you didn't like, how it ran, how it didn't ran? Are you ready to run more of it? Kind of kind of give yeah. us your rundown. I, I think it's ingrained in me. I just like regular initiative. I want all of us to roll initiative and then mm -hmm. have the numbers and know who goes next, you know? Mm -hmm. um, the way initiative works in BX D&D &D and the old school essentials is you roll like a D6 and then uh, that's for the whole party and we kind of decide who goes first and then the game is divided into rounds. So you have to like declare like spells and then you have to declare ranged attacks and then movement and things like that. Uh, which Lex did a really good job after our game of explaining like why that's in there. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I thought it was just kind of like annoying, but like if I am forced to declare that I am the evil wizard casting a spell, then the rest of the group knows like, oh, he's doing magic and that might change what they want to do in that round. And so mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then you can get out of the way, you can uh, attack someone. So I'm trying to see if there's like a hybrid I can do for uh, running future sessions where people could see like, you know, he's going to cast a spell uh, or like they're, they're pulling back their bows. What do you want to do? Um, so, but I, I, overall I had fun. I like the idea of uh, your race is your class. Like we had, a, we had a couple people who were just straight up drow and yeah, they had like, drows, which they was had awesome. like drow magic and things like that. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah. We have a, we had a dwarf who was, or a Durgar who was just a Durgar. Yeah, um, two two drow a Durgar, and then me the human acrobat. <laughs> yeah, but we uh, we did record this, so uh, eventually I'll put it up on the internet, and I'll let you guys all be able to watch it. It was a lot of fun. So probably yeah. when I get around to doing the review of uh, Old School Essentials, then I will link it to that so you guys can see. But yeah. it was a lot of fun, and it um, was with a couple of players. What I liked too, so we had you a veteran dungeon master, but learning a system that you had read about, but were sort of familiar with, but still. Yeah, about. I think if you've played D&D, &D, you're like, okay, but it's it's pretty still pretty different. There's some differences, so, yeah. though, that, that throw yeah. you. And then Lex was there was somebody who's kind of more of an expert on the system, if any of us were. Yeah, he's ran a lot of BXD&D. Yeah, I got to play, and but then we had a brand new player who had never played role-playing games? No, no, Katie, yeah, so Katie's a friend of Katie? mine in real life, and she's played role-playing games. We've played oh, okay. a lot of stuff together. She loves Dungeon Call Classics. Like I introduced oh, okay. that to her and she was just like, this is so cool. Like she thought the game was amazing. Uh, but I think she, mo well, she's playing some weird game right now that I actually am unfamiliar with uh, another role-playing game, but uh, she cool. didn't know a lot of like 
drow history and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so she she was like, I think it's cool that they like have magical abilities. And I was like, well, they do in fifth edition as well. But she didn't know that. So it was like, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. So it was fun, but to play with, and it was a game where we brought people who didn't, had never met each other before together. Yeah. And sometimes I like that style of a game too, because you're bringing in just new blood, you're bringing in oh, yeah. new interactions. And, and as we started, it was stiff and weird, but then by the end of the night, everybody's laughing and having a yeah. good time. And it was really starting to work out. And I love seeing that transition of people who don't really know each other, but starting to become familiar, starting to have a good time, starting to enjoy the game towards the, you know, as they work through it and see how each person does their thing. And, you know, and it just, you start to build that story. And by the end of it, we had a, a, an incredibly cool shrinking frog fortress that we could move around. I was like, Oh, this is an interesting party that has an interesting story. If it ever went any further. So I just thought it was really cool. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. I liked it. Uh, and then speaking of that, just like not knowing a new group of people, um, I'm uh, participating in an Eberron game that is streaming right. on Friday nights on Twitch. Um, and it's going to be on YouTube, but uh, uh, it's funny. There's a gentleman, and he goes by the handle Kugo the Mighty, and he's a fitness enthusiast on YouTube. And apparently he does a lot of like... Uh, fitness and stuff and he also does uh I a need lot of fitness. a lot of video games and things like that he started getting into D and he's one of those he's a m- much more successful on youtube and a very older youtube than i am so i think he's like mm-hmm. six hundred thousand subscribers or something oh, but even yeah. when i was like very small youtuber he was sending me messages and he's just like i love your content like i'm learning about D. this is so cool and so he finally was like I want to run a game for you. And I was like, okay. And so he's running an Eberron game because he loves Eberron. And mm-hmm. uh, he's very cinematic and it's been a lot of fun, but we have all of these people. I think two of them have never played uh, D&D before. And they're just mm-hmm. like, this is the coolest thing I've ever experienced. I, so I was like, That's I my know. Favorite. And so I, it's funny because I was kind of like, uh, we ran into a couple rules questions and they're like, judges? And I'm like, uh, yeah. That, and I, I know the rule off the top of my head because I'm so... <laughs> And, you know, turning into yeah. D&D. But I'm playing a, a goblin ranger named Zix that uh, is, we're trying to figure out what's going on with the Mornland. And it's really fun because I don't know what's going to happen, you know, like, and it's, it's been good. We've, we had a session subplots? zero. We had a session zero that was a lot of fun that was recorded, but not broadcast. And then last night was the first broadcast. So oh, I'm about yeah. to go back. Is it up as a VOD then with the people can go watch it? Uh, it probably is. If not, it's going to be on, uh, Kugo's second channel, which is called like the mighty dungeon, I think. Um, but All I'll right. put links down below and I'll get it out to Very you guys. Cool. So you can subscribe it. and watch. Uh, it's, he did a really interesting thing though. So we made our characters in, uh, hero forge. And then we got two poses, one with a mouth closed and one open. And then he somehow set it up in Discord that when our mics are on and we're talking, the mouth opens on the character. So we have no webcams. It's all just our little characters. But when we talk, they highlight and their mouths move. And uh, I, it's really clever. And I think it's a lot of fun. So Okay, I um, want to know how he did that. Yeah, it's, cool. <laughs> he's doing some cool stuff. Uh, And then he has a a map in the background on roll 20 that he moves us around and stuff so we can see where we are, but we don't have control over the characters. We're just kind of watching and he's going for a very cinematic story driven game, Uh, but it's fun. It's, I mean, it's, it's really fun to apply low level right now. We're level three. We just started. Yeah. Level three. So, okay, cool. Yeah. Anyway, it's fun time. So you should go check that out. Uh, Other than that, I'm, I've got lots of other stuff going on. Uh, I joined, a game as a sea elf monk that I'll talk about more next week. Uh, and I've also been reading <laughs> lots of forbidden lands, forbidden lands, uh, is which so good. I knew it was good, but I didn't know it was that good. And I want to run a forbidden lands game really a lot now. Um, I love the box set, get the box set if you can. I do. Yeah. I got so the box set. Good. It's super good. I actually bought, um, I got this, uh, adventure book. Oh, nice. Um, and it's it's just, uh, it's four little adventures uh, in the Forbidden Lands, and so I can run anything from here. Uh, and I thought this would be a good, like, I don't know, let's go explore this just to see if people like the system. Yeah. Uh, but Ben Milton, Questing Beast, he wrote one of them. 
And so hey, I was ben. like, I'll go support him as well. So yeah, we have. We should ben have him and, on then because he probably knows how to play. Yeah, he he probably does. Uh, <laughs> and Patrick Stewart, who wrote a lot of really cool uh, OSR stuff back in the day. Not that Patrick Stewart. Not uh, the other Jean Luc Picard, but uh, <laughs> yeah. the. It'd be cool OSR. if it was the same person, though. That's our show, ladies and gentlemen. That's our show. Thank you so much for coming out. Thank you for hanging out with us. Um, Thank you for, if you're on the West Coast of the United States, all the heat you're getting, I apologize. Yes. If you're on uh, the East Coast, you're getting all the rain. So you, you're getting... There's a mild the heat wave in uh, <laughs> the New York area, too. It's really crazy. Yeah. But yeah, uh, West Coast, Hang you guys are there, getting everybody. pummeled. I am with you getting pummeled. Uh, so stay indoors, stay safe, stay hydrated. Watch your yeah. pets. <laughs> that's another thing like don't just leave your dog out don't be like, a bad pet owner <laughs> don't be a bad pet owner uh and yeah so uh we'll see you guys next week with another episode of saturday morning dd show i'll follow me on twitter or instagram and i'll show you guys all of the dcc loot i'm gonna try and get so we'll see you guys next week bye see ya bye